Welcome to Modern Aikidoist Podcast. Please help by liking, subscribing, and sharing this podcast if you're watching this on YouTube or BitChute. These are all free and help out a great deal. Word of mouth is how shows like this reach more people who are interested. Another way you can support this podcast is by way of a PayPal tip jar. You can leave a donation of any amount you like or set up a monthly donation just like Patreon or Subscribestar, only I don't make you pay for my content. I only invite you to contribute. There is a link in the description. I sincerely appreciate your interest and support. In today's episode, I'm going to cover the impact that videos have had on Aikido. By videos, I'm referring to both movies and television, as well as YouTube and other online video sharing. The impacts of these video sources is profound and has provided both positive and negative influences. I cannot cover the subject of visual media without addressing the impact of movies and TV on Aikido. The first example of this I can think of was a short and entertaining documentary on Aikido called Rendezvous with Adventure, which was produced in the early 60s. It looked like it may have been a series, given the title. It was clearly American-made and featured an early glimpse of what Aikido was, including a demonstration by Kuichi Tohei having a much larger American try to take him down. There were some other films produced in that same time frame, from the 50s or even a little before. I don't have any solid data on their impact, but this was an early stage of film and visual entertainment. Certainly the attention of the public was captured by what these films could show them that they would not normally see. I would guess that films like these helped make Aikido more widely known and would help draw people to become interested in studying it. If we go forward in time a few decades, we know for certain the impact movie entertainment had on Aikido. Steven Seagal movies provided a huge surge in interest in Aikido. His movies broke through to the general public because they were action entertainment, not documentaries. Documentaries are not nearly as popular as action movies, and with the larger audience, Aikido is now part of the public perception. I think a very good case could be made that this was both very good for Aikido and very bad. Having more people hear about Aikido and see it in action is a good thing. A martial art doesn't attract students who don't even know that it exists. Seagal's movies provided this marketing outreach. Nothing prior to those movies generated anywhere near the interest in Aikido, and I don't think anything since has either. For this alone, Seagal deserves respect and gratitude from the Aikido community. From practitioners I've come across, a vast majority openly admit that they were captivated by Seagal movies, and that is what got them to seek out Aikido and learn the art. We cannot deny such an overwhelmingly positive influence those movies were, and still are to this day. But what about the bad influences of those movies? As marketing tools, they weren't bad in the slightest. I think the bad part came with the wave of popularity behind them. What happened then is something that every single martial art has suffered from when it experiences a huge surge in popularity. It goes like this. A huge wave of interested students start seeking out instructors in classes, and there is incentive to fill the demand. So much so that instructors who are not very qualified start opening dojos and teaching. If you have lackluster instruction, then you will get poor students and the overall quality of the art starts to suffer. I'm not talking necessarily about instructors who are not good technicians. There are some superb martial artists who are poor teachers. Just because you are good at the art doesn't mean that you can teach it well. When that happens, students can end up with poor skills. In time, those students are promoted to instructors and they probably have the worst combination you can have in an instructor. Not only do they not teach well, due to their instructor never showing them a good teaching model, but they lack technical proficiency on top of that. 
Now what happens when that instructor trains students and promotes them to instructor? I refer to this as signal loss. For those who remember back in the day when VHS videotapes were around and you tried to make a copy from the original. The original video was crisp and clear with great sound. The copy was not quite as good. You try to make a copy of the copy and the quality of the second copy gets even worse. The more copies, the more horrible the picture and the sound became. Within just a few generations of copies, it was unwatchable. The martial arts suffer from the same signal loss, and popularity surges exacerbate the problem. We can even see this going on in Gracie Jiu-Jitsu. There are purple belts who have been granted permission to open their own dojos and teach classes. I give great credit to the Gracie system for providing some solid skills to its practitioners. A purple belt in BJJ is nothing to sneeze at, and they tend to be quite skilled. However, it doesn't mean that they have solid teaching skills. Clearly, the Gracies are cashing in big time on the popularity surge since the original UFC days and are milking it for everything it's worth. The best example is the online programs they started which grant rank for people who train at home. They have a system by which you film yourself doing drills in Randori with a partner, then you send in the video and receive your rank. I heard just a year or two ago that they shut this program down, at least for adults but I'm not sure for certain. This doesn't mean that their art is invalid. Quite the opposite, the art itself is splendid. It's the marketing and quality of instruction which is brought into question. My goal here is not to pick on Gracie Jiu-Jitsu or any particular instructor. I just want to point out that no art is immune from the negative effects of its own popularity. All of them are, and Aikido is no different. There is such a thing as too much success or popularity. An overwhelming powerhouse force has been videos shared on social media and the king of those is YouTube. The general public can now browse and see anything they want to. If they are interested in martial arts, YouTube will present them with a wide variety of martial arts content. When viewers come across Aikido, they more than likely will come across Seagal videos. If they get intrigued and dig in further, it won't be long before they come across one of these instructors that I described above who has suffered a few generations of signal loss and will likely be turned off. This describes the earlier years of YouTube. What happened next is also a combination of both good and bad. Since I like to end on an up note, I'll cover the bad first. As more Aikido people started putting up videos, a wide variety of content became available. Another factor came into play during that time, and it kind of came in the wake of the original UFC. For those not aware, the original UFC, or Ultimate Fighting Championship, was marketed as a way to find out which martial art was best. In reality, the UFC was a marketing tool of the Gracie family who were the organizers and promoters of the original UFC. The idea was that they would showcase Gracie Jiu-Jitsu by hosting a tournament by which people could see different martial arts compete against one another with as few rules as possible. This was an overt attempt to get around the arguments that rules make certain arts ineffective in a sport fight. There were a few rules provided, such as no eye gouging, for the sake of safety, but they tried to get as close as possible to no rules. The fact that the Gracies organized the event, hand-selected all the fighters, and set up the ring to best suit their art were all obscured from view. To this day, it is widely known that the whole event was not as it was presented. It was a marketing ploy from top to bottom. Anyway, because Hoist Gracie won three of the first four UFC tournaments, it placed Gracie Jiu-Jitsu as the king of practical martial arts in the eyes of the public. 
To a certain degree, it deserved that spot because the Gracies took their martial art extremely seriously. I have great respect for how they pressure-tested it over time and honed it to be practical and effective in real fights. Jumping back to the topic, which is the public perception which followed those first UFCs. The public basically got the impression that there were good martial arts and charlatan nonsense martial arts. The 80s were the era where binary thinking started to become popular and still is to this day. Either something is perfect or is worthless. Martial artists even use this type of thinking to assess a technique. Either it's solid or it's useless. With that in mind, enter Bullshido. Bullshido was an online bulletin board where martial arts fans and practitioners would discuss martial arts. Their approach was to expose fake martial arts and instructors. This struck a nerve with the martial arts world, and for good reason. There were martial artists and instructors out there who were charlatans. Some were caught by internet sleuths as having false credentials and forged ranks. These were real problems, and the users in the forum started shining the light of scrutiny on some very bad people who were bilking students for money. I think this was a good thing. Unfortunately, too much of a good thing is a bad thing. Bullshito quickly became an orgy of criticism and got aimed at everything. The forum was not moderated well and became so toxic that it eventually had to shut down. It took years before any sort of organization came into the picture, and now Bullshito has a different website and has shifted away from the Wild West atmosphere that it had before. The era of Bullshito left a taste for criticizing every martial art which has not provided fighters who have won UFC fights. Basically, if you don't have a UFC champion, your art is worthless. This is clearly a bad thing when it comes to how Aikido is perceived as a martial art. This perception is a trickle-down effect from the video provided by sport fighting entertainment of all kinds. In some ways, the general public's knowledge of martial arts has become a bit more sophisticated than it was 30 years ago. However, it's not generally sophisticated enough to understand the differences between sport violence and real-world violence. Even many Aikidoka aren't aware of it either, although this is one of the arguments used to try to justify Aikido's relevance. That's another subject that I won't go deeper into here. Jumping tracks just a bit, the medium of film and video has had an effect on Aikido itself, even with experienced practitioners. I'm referring in particular to movies and well-produced demonstrations, as opposed to instructional videos. Really, movies are just extremely well-done demonstrations, where the choreography is extremely well-crafted and the presentation of the violence is designed to be big and dramatic. This makes sense because you want your presentation to have a big impact on the audience. You want to impress them. Movies are the best example of this, and the king of those is the John Wick movies. The motions are huge and the throws having attackers being slammed hard into the ground with their feet flying. This type of visual is very powerful, and it attracts even the most unsophisticated eye. From a demonstration standpoint, no one does that better than Christian Tissier. His Aikido is made of large movements which are very powerful and easy for the eyes to see, even by the average layperson who knows nothing about martial arts. Large movements are dramatic. His demos include flashing colored lights and exciting music. The whole presentation is really compelling, and I think such demonstrations are valuable because they draw people's interest to Aikido. Something to consider, though. Big movements are visually pleasing, but are not necessarily sound for real-world application. The space you have may very well be limited. Large movements are easy to see coming and easy for an attacker or opponent to respond to and adjust. 
In a real fight, movements must be small, subtle, and powerful, without telegraphs so your attacker doesn't get an indication of what is happening, or time to respond. The body structure must be correct so it is strong, and your position must be right. Large movements make this more difficult, and even nearly impossible, against a live opponent. Big movements take extra time, which can leave you late when you are going at full speed. Here is something you can try to get a feel for what Aikido would be like in a real-world environment. Take your training partner and go into the changing room, bathroom, between two parked cars, or some other confined space and try doing technique there. Notice how big steps and turns are now of limited use to you? Even large arm motions can leave you bumping into walls, door frames, and other obstacles. Something to note, many attacks happen in confined spaces. Part of the reason is that most places we are throughout our normal day are limited in space. Another factor is that predators know catching someone in a confined space makes escape difficult. This is why public restrooms, elevators, and stairwells are known for being high-risk areas. Personally, I'm not designing my Aikido for movies or demonstrations. I'm focused on function, and that means making it small. Hopefully so small that it is hardly noticed. I've seen a number of Shihan who have incredible power, yet their movements are small and their body shifts are tiny. They are examples of what I want my Aikido to be. This is the main reason that I've not focused my efforts on making videos for YouTube. Here's the thing about YouTube. It really is an entertainment platform. Sure, it has educational content, but for the most part, people use it to kill time and be entertained. When people look at that little window, the videos of subtle Aikido have to match up with oversized demo Aikido. In the video medium, the dramatic wins out over the subtle. Another factor is the keyboard warrior influence, and this was brought on by the Bullshito wave as I mentioned earlier. This is another reason that YouTube is an entertainment platform. There are people whose entertainment comes in the form of trolling comments and general mockery of things regardless of whether they have merit. It's kind of like trying to have a serious discussion with a group who've been doing tequila shots for an hour and a half. Any discussion in that environment is going to be non-productive and a complete waste of your time and patience. There are ways to use videos and video sharing to learn from one another, but it must be done in the right way. If you want to have a serious discussion, don't do it at a frat party. You must be in the company of serious and sober minds before you have a chance at a productive conversation. Video certainly has its role in Aikido, in the past, present, and in the future. I think its role will also evolve quite a bit as we start using the internet and sharing in new ways, not just for entertainment, but to learn and share. I think the best is yet to come, and we are approaching the golden age of video, with people getting access to vast amounts of knowledge through wide open video sharing. We all know that video learning will never replace real experience, but video will allow us much greater outreach and generate interest and learn from one another, and far beyond merely through showcasing technique. What do you think? Please share your ideas in the comments if you're watching this on YouTube, or go to the Facebook group Aikido the Marshall side and post a comment. The Spirit Aikido online program is now live and there are more than 60 videos in the program, with new ones added every few days. Subscribers get access to video training and mentoring to techniques and training methods I've adopted from other martial arts to make my Aikido more practical. There's a link in the description section. I invite you to check it out. I always enjoy hearing from listeners of the show, whether through comments or questions. Thank you all for sharing your interest. Enjoy your training.